0: Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I am Ben Duncan and this is a place where prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana share their stories. In today's episode, I am delighted to be joined by Arthur Bakush, a Salesforce marketing cloud consultant based in Sydney. Arthur talks about his early passion for startup and initial exposure to the world of programming and digital marketing. Arthur explains how he came to know of Salesforce, what interested him about moving into this ecosystem, and what the limitations were with some of the other platforms he had worked with previously. Many hiring managers struggle to find Salesforce Marketing Cloud professionals, so Arthur gives his view on what skills and knowledge managers should look for when they are considering candidates from other digital marketing roles. Having successfully landed a Salesforce Marketing Cloud role himself, Arthur shares what he found most challenging in the new role, as well as talking candidly about the difficulties he faced with his job search. Finally, Arthur explains what he is most enjoying about working with Salesforce Marketing Cloud, why he is posting his personal journey online, and what he hopes to achieve in the future. I hope you enjoy the episode. Arthur, welcome to Talent Hub Talk. Nice to meet you. Good to have you on the show.
1: Yeah, it's really good to to see you. It's not the first time, but it's always good to see you uh, in real life and online then.
0: That's right. Yeah, good to see you too. And uh, we've got a, a lot of topics to cover. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to hear more about your journey, your background. I think... Um, you know, you're good at branding yourself as well, so we can touch on that and, and cover a few different topics around, you know, how you've got to where you've got to in a relatively short space of time in the Salesforce ecosystem and the paths that you've taken. What I'd like to do first, though, is to look back at your your earlier career. So, yeah, prior to Salesforce, can you tell me a bit about your career and and then also how you ended up or why you wanted to come into the Salesforce ecosystem? I
1: think my background was like uh, computer science, so I did like a master's degree in computer science, and I had like many internship because like the school that i did epitech was quite special it was 6 months study but only practice so you have like project and you need to deliver project on time with a team and after you have 6 months in internship in like the real world with enterprise so i used to do uh, computer science because i always had the dream to build my own software my own apps like i think i have been influenced a lot by the movie, The Social Network with Mark Zuckerberg. So I think it was our generation. We want to create like the next Facebook. And I always wanted to build apps and websites. However, like when I was studying computer science, it was a lot of C programmation, like deep language. And it was nothing like uh, you create your apps like this. So I was a bit bored about that. And I've always been interested in digital marketing as well. So I've I did so many experience as a digital marketer and I end up working for Sending Blue which is like uh, the Mailchimp in Europe like it's like similar type of product and then I came to Australia in 2019 so it was almost 4 years ago and I used to work as a digital marketer but after a few years what I noticed is that even if you are a great digital marketer No one will know it. There is a lot of people that are doing the same job. And it's really difficult to know that this guy is better than another guy because there is not this thing of certification and all the ecosystem around it. So I actually spoke about that with a few people and they had advised me to come into Salesforce. And that's how I started in 2020 to get my admin certification and start building my career career within the Salesforce ecosystem.
0: Yeah, nice. So so when you say um, like you wouldn't be able to necessarily see who was better, was it It was the career advancement aspect that you wanted? Like you wanted recognition for the good work and the, the effort that you put in, you wanted to be able to see that in the career advancement?
1: I guess so, like uh, I'm not sure when I express that, even myself, I don't exactly know what does it mean. But it's just a feeling like a perception that I think I I was quite good. I'm quite good as a digital marketer. But the issue is that when you land into a company, mostly a small business, it will be really difficult to progress and you will often be perceived as a guy that do a bit of everything. So it's really difficult to progress in your career, mostly like in startup and this kind of environment. So that's why I was looking for something that answers the question how to progress mm-hmm. in your career. And also, I think something that is quite important to me is that I have this background in IT and I will enjoy doing everything in digital marketing that is more technical. So building configuration of the tool, this is what I like the most, like uh, configuring product for other users, for example, for a sales team. This is really interesting and digital marketing can be that, but can be also the creative side as well, which is like building email newsletter or things like this that I can enjoy, but I'm not passionate about it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So what about then, obviously now you work with Salesforce, but before you've worked with other marketing automation tools, right? So what were the limitations of some of those products that meant that you were excited when you first saw Salesforce?
1: I guess it's a, it's a really interesting question. There is also amazing tool I think that are on the market like uh, mostly like the the tools that are created by startups you know like there's new tool on the market i think they are using new technology and they are really pushing on UI and UX so i think they have a lot of teams that work on how to make the product enjoyable for the end user and i would love to see Salesforce working on that side more and more uh, in the future. But I guess like the power of Salesforce is the ecosystem. So marketing cloud, in fact, if you know how to use marketing cloud, you know how to use maybe 15% of the overall marketing cloud package that you can get with uh, marketing cloud intelligence, marketing cloud personalization, and all those other tools that require a lot of time to master. So I guess it's like what I like with Salesforce Marketing Cloud is that there is plenty of things to learn and everything you want to achieve is possible.
0: So if you look at um, the company, I think you mentioned they were like the equivalent of Mailchimp in Europe with their technology. Was that something that, you know, wouldn't necessarily take as
1: long to master? Well, it's depend after it's depend who you are. Like, for example, for someone that work in digital marketing and IT. Then the onboarding of the product is pretty fast. But if you are like a business owner that have nothing to do with technology, then it will be longer. However, I think the product can be quite adapted if there's people want to set up the system by themselves. Mm-hmm. The difference after that is that you will be able to do basic action. So uh, you will be able to send email newsletter. You will be able to create some basic automation when someone uh, leaves before checking out on your uh, e-commerce uh, website. But you will not be able to go really deep in the personalization of content that you push to people that are viewing your website. Things that you could do, for example, with marketing cloud uh, personalization, like Interaction Studio. So I guess it's easy to use, but it's still basic.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know we've discussed this before that, you know, everyone talks about how hard it is to find a good marketing cloud specialist. So yep. whether that's someone that, you know, builds the automations or someone that is, uh, you know, doing the actual journey uh, at the end of the process. Yep. So with your background and the knowledge you have of working in the broader digital marketing world, what what kind of skills do you think are transferable from other technologies or other marketing automation roles that hiring managers should be looking for rather than just looking to find the next person that already has marketing cloud experience?
1: There is two way to answer this question, but I will say at the end of the day, it comes back to the same thing, is that is this candidate have one skill that is uh, being able to learn how to learn? Because even like the people that are like marketing cloud architects that I meet and that I discuss with, they don't know everything about marketing cloud, but they know that when they are facing an issue, they will be able to solve it by searching on the internet or by doing the classic thing that a developer will do. It's it's all about: Are you able to search and find the information on the internet, and how fast can you do that to make your solution work correctly?
0: Yeah, I think that's so true, and uh, a lot of people, you know, want to fancy it up or make it sound a lot more elaborate than that, but that's a real art being able to find a solution quickly on the internet.
1: Yeah, I think that's really what is needed to succeed with Salesforce Marketing Cloud. And after, of course, if you have a base in coding, it's a plus because you already know how to code. For example, me, when I arrived, I didn't know how to code in SSGS or M-script that are the language associated with Salesforce Marketing Cloud. But I know how to code in JavaScript and in c and it's really similar in terms of logic. So if you know the base of coding or you code quite well, then it will be easy to make the switch and to start using like the programmation language that are related to Marketing Cloud.
0: How quickly did you feel comfortable with script?
1: Like the first month was all right, but I, I did a lot of coding and it's still pretty flexible as a programmation language compared to C, Mm -hmm. where if you do one mistake, you will get an error. So M-Script is quite flexible. So I think quite quickly, I I was able to handle this programmation language. And I would say the last thing that is quite important to do is to have knowledge in digital marketing. Because when you are talking to your customer as a consultant, you are able to understand what their daily job and then you can provide solutions that are adapted to what they are doing in general. So the knowledge in digital marketing to like the, my background with this type of profession is really a benefit in my daily job today.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I guess trying to understand actually what the outcome the business are looking to achieve is. Yeah, I think it's important.
1: So what was the hardest thing for you to learn? The hardest thing to learn? Well, I guess the hardest thing to learn is to work Late to work with clients that are in the UK, for example, this working on different time zones and finding a way to adapt to make the process smooth was the most challenging part. For example, we are using a tool called Loom, L-O-O-M, you know, it's like to record video. Yeah. And this tool is amazing because we can skip so many meetings just by showing on the screen. Okay. You have to do that, 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 and it works. So we, we can save a lot of time. So I will say working on different time zone was quite tricky, but with the tool that we have today, I think it's achievable.
0: And now that you're working with Salesforce, if you think back to some of your previous customers and um, yeah. you know the the platforms they've been using, how much more advanced and like now that you know the true power of Salesforce, like how much do you think these previous companies could have got out of the platform if they'd have invested in Salesforce compared to what they were using?
1: So, like there is Salesforce CRM that I am I had memory that some company didn't did any configuration, but I think the main product that I remember. Is Salesforce marketing cloud intelligence, Datorama. So I remember working with some companies spending like $30,000 in Facebook, Google ads and doing some report on spreadsheet, like totally blind. And I think Datorama is really amazing because it allows you to plug different source of data and to have a broad overview of where you are spending, what is your return of investment. And I think this is required if you spend any money on the internet. So
0: you're, you're thinking back to like previous companies that you have seen spending $30,000 on advertising, but they're not really gaining any insight into that spend?
1: I was the person that were spending the money across Google Ads and uh, Facebook Ads and LinkedIn Ads. Like I was doing the ads, running the campaign. But the issue that we had is... I was not in a position to say, okay, I need this thousand dollars per month tool because it's quite an expense for a, a small business to afford marketing cloud intelligence. And I didn't know as well marketing cloud intelligence. So yeah, now that I look back at it, this will have been definitely a great investment for them because it will allow us to visualize where we are spending uh, money on, on the different uh, platform.
0: Which is so important, right? Like you said, it just you—you you need that data. You need that visualization.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's like that's a requirement almost.
0: So obviously, like you mentioned, even if you just know one, like the fifteen percent of marketing, there's so much more out there to know. And obviously, data is another area that you could learn. I know you mentioned before not everyone knows everything, but like how much you personally, how much do you want to try and get across of the marketing cloud product stack?
1: So that's a really complicated question because. I also like sales cloud. And my question is always where the money is (laughs) (laughs) to learn anything. So I like learning about marketing cloud. I like learning about Datorama and CDP because it's like project that I'm working with, like client that I'm working with. But for my future, it's always what should I learn to make the most money possible? And it's a discussion that I have with different people is... What is important to learn? How, how specific you need to be? Do you need to be generalist across all different products and get a broad understanding? Or do you need to be super specific and be like an expert in your niche? I don't have the answer to that, but I ask a lot of people what's their view to, to understand different point of view. And I'm sure like in the future, it will be interesting to know what to do, but I don't know yet.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't have the answer to that. I think it's a really valid question. I think, um, the answer is always, I think it depends. Um, because, you know, I, I could have said a year ago for people to be specific in one area, but the market back a year ago was different to today, right? So I could have said if you really focus in on one industry, then that will be beneficial for you in the long run. But then if, yeah. if the market turns and that industry gets hit by, you know, a, a financial crisis, let's say, then that advice would be wrong, whereas a year ago it could have been right, right? So it's hard to say, but I think in the Salesforce ecosystem in Australia, we do see specialists, but not as much as maybe you see in in the U S or the UK, like, and we we are seeing it a bit more here now. Like you do get someone that specializes in CPQ as an example. And I think marketing cloud is a bit different because obviously it's a product of its own and there's, there's a broad product suite within the marketing cloud space. But yeah, I think so marketing cloud people are often experts and specific to that product. We don't see that many people that know marketing cloud and sales and service and so on. So being a generalist in that sense would probably be beneficial. So yeah, I guess to wrap that up, I don't know the answer either.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but i got a good answer from uh, someone else that told me you should always follow what you like to work with in terms of software which is also true because if you land on like a health cloud but you don't have any clue of what is healthcare in general and you don't enjoy it then maybe it's a product that you should skip don't you think
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I think that, and that's always my advice to people when they ask me, what certification should I get next? It's, well, it's like, what's going to be the easiest one for you to get because you've got the most knowledge in that space. Like that makes sense to do that one. But then also, what do you want to learn? Like what, what are you going to be passionate about? Because money is obviously very important and you want to go towards the money. And, and in the long term, you want to take the path where you're going to get the most money. Yeah. But if that means going down a path you don't enjoy, then you probably won't get to the point of the earning potential that you want because you're not passionate about what you're doing so yeah i think if you can find something you enjoy and that is also going to be lucrative from a money perspective then that's the magic formula i guess and if you can work with people you enjoy working with
1: yeah finding the right balance
0: yeah absolutely so in terms of finding your role how difficult was it i mean there'll be a lot of people that listen to this podcast that don't have your background right so you have an engineering background computer science you've done digital marketing, you know, you decided a, a couple of years ago, you wanted to go down the Salesforce path. And now you're in this full time Salesforce consulting role. But some people won't have that background. But for you, was that super beneficial? And was
1: it easy for you to find a role? No, it was really difficult. actually. But I think it's like in life, you know, so like from 2020, I was searching, but I think I was not ready for it. And things happen that I find like a digital marketing role. In a company where I was not specifically related to Salesforce. And then I feel, oh, okay, I want to get back to Salesforce to the learning because I really want to make my career in this ecosystem. And I did a few interview. It was quite difficult because of the visa. You know, I'm on a work visa and so few companies are able to sponsor people that are on a work visa and I think what is crazy is that I do a lot of coding, like uh, with Marketing Cloud, but I'm on a marketing visa because it's a marketing product. So hopefully I can change that in the future. But the visa is a real break to the industry. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, like the real trigger for me where I say, okay, I really want to work with Salesforce was when I went to the Sydney Tour, you know, like the Sydney World Tour event. And I saw like all this uh, corner Booth. Uh Oh, yes. Uh, related to Salesforce. I feel this is where that I should work. From there, I had a few interviews. I think I got like three companies that were willing to hire me with the sponsorship. I took not the one that was paying the most, but the one I felt good with in terms of people, environment, really like a family point of view but in a good way like there is not so many people and people know each other and everyone push each other forward and that's how I I started working but it's definitely difficult and you require a lot of you need to be persistent it's like doing a sport basically what would
0: you do differently if you could go back to 2020 and start your job search again what would you do differently
1: that's a good question actually I don't think I do anything differently because I always felt I gave the best of myself. And sometimes you need to continue to push and things happen. There is no time I have been lazy. I have always learning about things, give my best at the job that I was doing, even if it was not directly related to Salesforce. And I think yeah, nothing that I will change because I've always pushed to achieve what I wanted to achieve.
0: And you've ended up where you are, I guess, so it worked out in the end. Yeah. <laughs> and you're quite big, we're connected on LinkedIn. I see your posts and you're quite big on, um, yeah. you know, being seen as well. And it's something I push and, and recommend that people have a personal brand or have some engagement on LinkedIn. Like, what was your kind of plan? Is that something you've always just been comfortable doing? Because you, you put up pictures and videos and things of yourself doing things. And I saw one recently you put up on LinkedIn about working with us. You were showcasing something you had done on uh, Marketing Cloud.
1: Yep. So where did that idea come from and is it kind of natural to you to do that? I'm from the generation of Instagram. So in the high school, I was posting a lot on Instagram and it's always been natural for me to share on Insta after I did like a YouTube channel, but it didn't really grow. So I became lazy after like maybe 15 videos. But now what I've seen is like pushing content is really beneficial for me as an individual. And also for the company that I'm working with, because in a way, we we are like brand ambassador of the company that we are. We do some brand advocacy, basically. Mm -hmm. So we promote the company we are working for. And yeah, I think it's really natural and I can see the benefit on LinkedIn. On Instagram, I will never have like direct benefit of producing content, but on LinkedIn, I can see it. And it's something that I enjoy to do when I see like the likes and everything, like people reacting, Yeah, it's like a a tilt of dopamine every time I say notification. So yeah, it's something that I enjoy doing.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah. And I think it's, it's great. You know, I think it's really, and, and it's something that you are doing now, but also like, it's something I've seen every event you went to, I knew you were like, I could see you were posting. Yeah. Even if it was non Salesforce related, I would see it like, you know, you go to a lot of um, like startup events and things like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's something I would encourage people to do because it just builds this kind of story around their experience and what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Like there is a memory that I have about that. And it was when I was student, like in the IT school, there is one of the directors of the school that say, it's great to be good at your job, but what really makes the difference is what you do outside of your job. So you can be a really good Salesforce consultant, but... When you become really excellent is when you do stuff outside of your main job to promote yourself as well. Mm -hmm. And I think this is like, I really believe in what he said and I really remember this sentence from him.
0: Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. So we've spoken about kind of some aspirations longer term in terms of, you know, wanting to be paid um, well for the work you do. But yeah. What, what about like goals and, and plans for, for your Salesforce career? If you look at kind of maybe the, the role that you want to strive towards, not necessarily the product focus, but the level you want to get at. Do you want to continue in consulting? Do you want to
1: build a product of your own? That kind of thing? Yeah, I, I will dream that, but I don't have like any idea of product at this stage. I would say I would be really interesting to continue working in delivery. You know, like there is like program manager Like when you are really in charge of delivering like the Salesforce project, this will be interesting. I'm also interested in learning more about architecture, like design of solution. This is quite interesting as well. But I also like sales and people. For me, it's not like, I don't know after I never work as a salesperson, but I enjoy being in contact with people and getting interaction is really important to me sometimes i i would say i define like the level of happiness that you have by the number of words that you pronounce in your day (laughs) and i think it's quite valid because if there is days you don't speak or you don't pronounce 10 words then you will feel quite bad but there is day when you speak a lot and you interact a lot then you feel really happy so yeah i'm not sure what will be interesting
0: that's it's interesting because obviously with your coding background that's not you have really well-rounded skills, and also you're interested in things that not every developer would want to push towards. So I think that stands you in really good stead for your future career, because you know a lot of doors will open for you with your appetite to do different things.
1: Yeah, we need to to think about this.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and um, really, really interesting to hear more about you. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people would take some inspiration in the journey you've been on and, and you seem like the kind of person that will just throw yourself into a challenge and always do your best. So if someone wants to pick your brains or ask any questions about, you know, your previous career and how you've got to this point and the journey that you're on, where's the best place
1: to contact you? On LinkedIn. And I guess my name will be written in the title or in the description. Yeah, Absolutely perfect awesome well thanks so much thank you
0: so that's a wrap for this week's episode and thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoyed the chat and if you did please make sure you have subscribed for future episodes that are coming through i would also be very grateful if you would consider leaving a review on your chosen podcast platform as five star reviews will help us to reach more trailblazers from across the world i look forward to sharing another episode with you soon and thanks again